Well, if you would, take your Bibles again this morning and turn to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. As you're turning there last week, we saw how Jesus once again displayed his power and authority as he heals Peter's mother-in-law. And it's amazing that he just simply takes her by the hand and raises her up, and immediately she what? Begins to serve everyone around her. And we talked about the idea is that when Jesus touches our life, things change, right? Amen? When Jesus touches our lives, we want to serve him in light of what he's done for us. And as we dive into this next text of scripture here in Mark chapter 1, we see Jesus again as he heals a man with leprosy. As we look at the story, there are a couple of interesting facets that we should point out as the story comes to life here. So if you would, just follow along as I begin reading in Mark chapter 1, beginning with verse 40 through the end of the chapter. And as I say often, I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. If you're here this morning, you don't have a Bible, we have one for you. I'll be glad to give that to you. So if you can raise your hand or anything, our guys will kind of notice you and they'll give you one. But beginning in Mark chapter 1, verse 40, it says this, Then a man with leprosy came to him and on his knees begged him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he told him, be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. Then he sternly warned him and sent him away at once, telling him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest, and offer what Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet he went out and he began to proclaim it widely to spread the news with the result that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly. But he was out in the deserted places and they came to him from everywhere. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would speak to our hearts through your word this morning. And Lord, that your Holy Spirit would have the ability to work in all of our hearts, Lord. And that we would, as we prayed earlier, Lord, that we would be doers of the word and not hearers only, lest we deceive ourselves. We ask God that your will be accomplished, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, I love this because over and over, as we see in the book of Mark, Jesus is the servant who is performing a lot of miracles. And uh, we've noticed in the first earlier text of Mark chapter 1 that he is busy quite often casting out demons and healing people. And as he's going from synagogue to synagogue, he is basically teaching and is a as we've highlighted already, that he is not teaching like the other scribes because he spoke with authority. And quite often, as we've seen already and as we're going to continue to see throughout the end of the book of Mark, is that quite often it is his voice or a simple touch that accomplishes his perfect will. And he does it so, he does it you know, in, in a way that he's not debating, he's not arguing, he's just simply exercising his authority over healing, over demons, over whatever the case may be, and he is performing these miracles. And as we see this, Jesus had been busy casting out demons when a man with leprosy comes into him. And, uh, you know, you might wonder why this might be an interesting uh, situation. Well, let me explain. First of all, lepers didn't usually uh, make themselves known. We know that from history. We know that from uh, various commentaries that wrote about them. If they did happen across the clean population, they would often yell into the crowd, Unclean! Unclean! And they would have to have something over their mouths, something over their wounds, because we know that uh, the situation was that is often contagious in those days. In fact, if you'll leave your finger there in Mark chapter 1 and turn back to Leviticus chapter 13, I will not take the time to go through the whole chapter because it's long, 
as far as the rules and regulations, the guidelines, as far as those uh, who had leprosy. And if you'll read through it, and, and, and I encourage you to do that in your own time, but read through Leviticus chapter 13 and 14, and you'll find out that leprosy really did cover a large uh, array of circumstances. Sometimes it was scabs, and sometimes it was on the head, and sometimes those scabs would be open, sometimes they'd be closed, but there'd be an infection around it. But regardless of the circumstances, we read here in, in Mark chapter 13, verses 45 and 46, um, basically what had to take place. It says, the person who has a case of serious skin disease is to have his clothes torn and his hair hanging loose, and he must cover his mouth and cry out, unclean, unclean, and he will remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He must live alone in a place outside the camp. It was not a very good scenario to be considered unclean, and uh, for various reasons. But lepers were regarded as cursed of God by many people. And so, uh, not once again a lifestyle that anybody would want to live. Uh, lepers were considered corrupt, contaminated, and carriers of death. I mean, think about that. How would you like to have the title leper in that day and age? So here's a man who has leprosy, who is making himself known. But lepers were the ostracized of the community. Lepers didn't usually leave their own communities, and often their only friends were who? Other lepers, according to Scripture. And so lepers were very often very lonely people. Think about this just for a moment. What would you do if you were in his shoes or sandals? What would you do? Um... I think very clearly, according to verse 40, the leper made a very wise decision. It says, Then a man with leprosy came to him and on his knees begged him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. The leper made a very wise decision that he chose to make himself known to Jesus and for asking for the healing. The leper exercised courage considering the fact that there was almost always a crowd following Jesus. Say, so, well, what's the significance of that? Well, oftentimes if Jesus was there and the crowd was following him, guess what the reaction to the crowd might have been, or most likely was? Oftentimes it was not uncommon for a leper who would leave his community, who would make himself known to a clean group of people, they would in agitation or, or frustration or even in dismay or anger pick up stones and stone them to get them away from them because they did not want what the lepers had. So in making himself known, he didn't just make himself known to Jesus. He made himself known to the population of the crowd who didn't necessarily want to know that he was there. But yet, he exercised courage. He faced the potential of being stoned. He had death to look forward to, but the potential of real life. Let that sink in just for a moment. He had the potential of death, or he had the, the certainty of death outside of Christ, but the potential of real life with Christ. Very much like the leper, all of us have certain death to look forward to. God's word reminds us it is appointed unto men once to die after this, the judgment. We will face death with the exception of one thing, if Jesus Christ returns while we're yet, yet alive. But unless Jesus Christ reveals himself, we will face death. 
So we have that in comparison to the leper. But we have the potential of real life through Jesus Christ as well. You know, just like the leper had to exercise faith in Jesus, we must exercise faith in Jesus Christ to have that real life. But there's something that's interesting here. He got on his knees and begged, yet he yielded to Jesus as well. Let this sink in just for a moment. He got on his knees. And let me just say this. When's the last time we got on our faith and begged Jesus for anything? Let that sink in. Seriously. When's the last time that something was so great that we realized that unless Jesus does this, it's not going to happen? Or do we kind of just get humdrum about whatever happens in life? When's the last time that we had faith? You see, the leper did not have a faith issue. Let me read that verse again, verse 39 and 40. I'm sorry, verse 40 and 41. It says, Then a man with leprosy came to him and on his knees begged him, If you are willing, what's the words? You can make me clean. He did not have a faith issue. That's amazing to me. He believed God could do this. I could ask a question this morning, as I've said and illustrated many times in our life. Is there anything God cannot do? Pat, answer. No! We all know God can do anything, right? I mean, we've been taught that from the time we were just little children in Sunday school. God can do anything. But here's the difference. Do we believe that he's going to? Do we have the faith that he's actually not only able, but he is willing? And we've also highlighted this many times in the past that, you know, Jesus doesn't always do miracles, not because he can't, but because you didn't really expect him to. Matthew chapter 13. He came into his own country. And they said, who is this guy doing these things? He's speaking with authority in the temples and, he's, and all these miracles. Who does this guy think he is? And they were angry with him. And it says, Jesus did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. It's not that Jesus couldn't do it. They didn't expect him to. Here's a leper who says, if you are willing, I know you can make me clean. You know what drove him, I think? This just me thinks. It's my opinion. I think I got tired of the way things were. I think I got tired of being a leper. I think he was probably tired of being ostracized from community. I think he was probably tired of being lonely in a leper community and not having people and friends and family that he could visit and talk to and share life with outside the community. And he said, I want something different. And so he calls out to Jesus and in doing so makes himself known to everybody. He faces the potential of death and being stoned. But it was worth the possibility of being healed. The leper didn't have a faith issue. I wonder how often we have a faith issue. We know God is able, but do we really trust him that he's going to fill in the blank? But I love this point too. I love this. It says, he begged. He says, if you are willing to make me clean, the very fact that he says, if you are willing, what was he doing? He was submitting to his will. That's a huge point. There's something that's unique about having faith in God and at the same time submitting to his will. You know what I find out in Christianity so often, so often, is that we want God to do something, and when God doesn't operate in our timing, 
within our guidelines, we begin to kick the door open over the door that we want God to open and say, well, look what God did. And oftentimes God's saying, don't kick that door open. I want you to walk through that one. Don't, don't, don't make this work. He was willing to submit. He says, Lord, I know you can if you're willing. He was willing to submit and surrender to the God's perfect will there. So he got on his knees and begged, yet he yielded to Jesus' will. Let me ask a question. Do you have faith? I'm not talking about saving faith. I'm not talking about the idea of, hey, I placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I, I submitted to him. And I, I, I'm talking about, do you have faith? Don't raise your hand. Or maybe you should raise your hand. Maybe you need to acknowledge it. But don't raise your hand. How many of you are facing things that you need God's help on? Just think about it for a moment. You're in situations where you need God to show up. When's the last time we got on our knees and said, God, I need you to do this? That's a rebuke to me. Because so often I just go about my day, and maybe you the same way. We, in the back of our mind, it's tucked in there that God can do anything, but we're just so busy that we really don't even take the time to pray and to really seek. I mean, this guy had to go out of his way to find, find the crowd and find who was, where Jesus was and where he was going because he wanted Jesus to touch him. Do we really go searching for Jesus? I felt very much rebuked by other people who have prayed for me in years past. Let me just give a little brief testimony about that. I've had people come up to me before, and you've heard me say before, I'm tired of diabetes. I'm really sick to death and tired of it. I'm really, I'm really over it. But the problem is I can't be over it, right? I mean, it's, it's there. All these years of poking and pricking and needles and all this stuff, you get tired of it. For, for 19 years, it didn't bother me. And all of a sudden, last year, it just got to me. Just irritated with it. Done with it. Over with it. And somebody would come to you and say, well, I'm just praying that God's going to take the diabetes away. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, Lord, here it goes again. Somebody who just says God's going to take away. You know what? It was a rebuke. In this technological world that we live in, my wife comes across this story on Facebook by the lead singer for Mercy Me, Bart Middleton or whatever his name is. And he's telling the story about his son who is now, I think, 15, but he's had diabetes since he was two. And he's about to do a concert. And this lady comes up to him and says, Bart, I'm just praying that God would take away that diabetes from your son. And he's like doing the thing that musicians do. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's great, wonderful, great, yeah, okay, yeah. And he said, and all of a sudden, it's like the Holy Spirit just slapped him upside the head. That's great, Bart. You got people praying for you that God would just take this disease away, and you flippantly just dismiss it like it's not even a possibility, like God can't do this. And I thought, thinking, hearing this story, I feel the same way. Back here in the deep little, well, I shouldn't say deep, it's hollow, it's like a little pea brain that goes. But back here in one of those dusty cobweb corners, I'm thinking, that's how I felt. I don't even have faith that God can take it away. I just don't. But then there's the ra rationale side of me. It says, well, it's not rational, it's not logical. You don't just get diabetes and it goes away, right? 
So there's my justification for not having the faith. I don't know what God will do. I will tell you that there's mornings I just feel like I'm not going to take any insulin today. God's going to take care of me. I'm like, you stupid. I just feel that way sometimes. And I feel like I'm done with it. I'm over with it. Do I really have faith that God can even do this? Leprosy was a big deal. It really was a big deal. Certain death. A life of being ostracized from family, friends, and loved ones. From community. What has he got to lose? He says, God, I know if you're willing. What's your issue? Finances? Job? Children? What is it? What's your issue? I think we all have them, don't we? But do we get on our face before God and plead and say, God, you have to do this? Or is it just one of those things that it's kind of out there because we know God is powerful, but yeah, yeah, he's not going to deal with this. This is just, this is just life. That convicts me. Because I believe that there's been times in my life that my faith has been great. And then there's been times in my life where I just feel like it's been non-existent. I want to be where I realize that God's presence is there. Amen? That God is at work. And that he's about to do something. So he got on his knees and begged, yet he yielded. It's okay to ask. But be willing to submit to God's answer. That's the example we see here. He says, if you're willing, I know you can. And I love the words of that song, even if. I know you're willing and I know you can, but even if you don't, you're still God. I love that. Because God doesn't have to get permission for anything. Isn't that cool? He's in charge. And he doesn't make mistakes. Amen? So if he has for us to go through some things, it's okay. It's something that he's working behind the scenes to teach us. And ultimately to make us more like his son. Someone said the other day, he's just working, how's your patience? I said, I don't have patience and I don't want any more. I'd rather these things go smooth just for once. No, but God's working. Do we trust him? So the story is much more about, than, much more than just a story about a leper. Who wants, being, wants to be cleansed because it's very ethical to where you and I live are we getting on our knees asking God and submitting to him and his will for our lives I love this though it doesn't stop there I love that next verse he says at the end of verse 41 or in the middle of verse 41 moved with compassion Jesus reached out his hand and touched him says I'm willing I'm willing isn't that awesome remember what happened in the last text of scripture Jesus had just healed all kinds of people he cast out a demon they're over at Peter's mother-in-law's house and he heals her and they're just kind of just it's been a long day I'm tired and while he's in there resting what's happening outside the doors the town is gathering. It says the whole town is gathering. And there's more sick. And there's more afflicted. And there's more people coming. Some came because they had a need, as we said. 
Some came because they just wanted to see Jesus do something. People were gathering. And it just doesn't stop. And he gets out and goes to a deserted place and he prays. And people even there, it's like, man, Jesus, where you been? Everyone's looking for you. Next town. And he's moved with compassion for this man. And he reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he told him, be made clean. And you notice when Jesus does something, it's not a three-week waiting period. Isn't that cool? Just like Peter's mother-in-law, rise up, okay, get to work. Leprosy, be made clean, done, over, gone. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. Then he sternly warned him and sent him away at once, telling him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest, and offer what Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Why does Jesus do everything that he did? I think one reason. To bring glory back to himself, back to the Father, right? Every miracle that he has done is so that he could bring glory back to the Father. Point the, everyone's focus back to him. So go show yourself to the priest. Why? As a testimony. But that's kind of not, we don't really know whether or not he went back to the priest. Or not. The, God's word doesn't tell us whether or not he actually did that. But it does tell us what the leper did do. In fact, look at the verse. Verse 45, yet he went out and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news with the result that Jesus could no longer enter the town openly. It doesn't tell us whether or not he went back to the priest, though that was what Jesus told him. But it says that he went and told everyone else what happened. What would you do? What would you do? Could you keep your mouth shut? You are facing certain death. Gone. It's over. Leprosy is no longer an issue. And I'm just going to sit back and say, nothing? No. I think all of us would have done probably the same thing. Well, there's always that one that went. But I think many of us would have went out and said, wow, this, this Jesus, you you." Yeah, you got to hear about this. Right? Go show yourself to the priest. Uh, well, we might make our way there, but everyone needs to know about this. Of course, the cleansed leper could not keep quiet. And then Jesus does what he so often does. He went to a deserted place. And retreated there, only to be found eventually again. But there's an amazing thing here. Verse 45. Yet he went out and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news, with the result that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly. But he went out into deserted places, and they came to him from everywhere. It's interesting to know in the original languages that they came literally means they kept coming. 
They kept coming. They kept coming. They kept coming. He couldn't get away from them. Why? Because the word had gotten out that he could perform miracles. We already learned he wasn't like the scribes. He wasn't like the other religious people of the day. He spoke with authority. Why? Because he was God in the flesh. I wonder, this just me thinks, but I wonder how often if we would open our mouth when Jesus does something in our life, if it would attract other people around us. See, everyone has an opinion, right? Of who Jesus is, what he may have done, where he came from, where he is, what the Bible is all about. There are a lot of people who have opinions, right? It's the world we live in, right, wrong, or otherwise. But when God shows up and answers prayer and changes a life, that's undeniable. And can I just say this? For too many of us, it's been too long since you've seen God answer prayer. Let's just be honest. Oh, we've heard about it. We know God's still doing it. We hear little pockets of stories that are taking place around us where God is actually doing something. But let's be honest. When's the last time he's answered your prayers? You see, if you're not seeing God do something, and I have to I'll put myself in this category, if we're not seeing answered prayer, I think there's a good question we need to ask. Why? I really do believe that. Why isn't God answering prayer? I think there's lots of reasons. Either A, I don't have faith that he's going to. I don't trust that he's able. I don't trust that he's going to. Or possibly it's because there's sin in my life that's hindering my prayers. So, well, what? Well, we're all sinners. Why would God not? Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, God's word says what? The Lord will not hear me. And sometimes we have these issues of sin, and we know they're there, well, and we justify them, we rationalize them, we excuse them away, say it's not that big a deal, but the whole while, it's hindering our prayer life. It's hindering our prayers from being, being heard. It's as if we're praying that just hitting a wall, and God says, until you deal with that sin that you know is there, I'm not even going to listen. Why should I listen to the prayers of someone who says, I don't really care enough about it to deal with it? Maybe the reason why you're not seeing God answer prayer in your life. Men, how's your relationship with your wife? Peter tells us that if you're, if you're not honoring your wife as a weaker vessel, your prayers will be hindered. Men, how's your prayer life? How's your wife, your relationship with your wife? There may be a reason, a very logical reason why you're not seeing God do work in your life. So is it that big a deal? Yeah, it's that big a deal. Because there's a big ocean between saying, I know God can do anything, and actually seeing God do something. And the thing that bridges that is the right relationship. Now, let me just say this. Well, if I just deal with my relationship with God and I have everything right before him, does that mean he's going to do what I want him to do? No. Remember, he's still sovereign. God can do whatever he wants. The answer still may be no. But it won't be no because I'm living in sin. It won't be no because I don't have faith. And maybe God has something greater that he's working that I don't know about. And that's a great place to be in. 
God's at work. I see this story and I'm thinking, man, there's another story of God's healing. How does this apply to me? I think it has a lot of application. What is it that you need to see God do in your life? Are you willing to take it before him? Are you willing to put your trust in him that he can do it if he wills? And then once he does it, are you willing to, even if he doesn't, are you willing to point others to Jesus through it? That's the story. And I think it still is a, has as much application today as it did the day it was written. Amen? I don't know what you need to see God do. But I know he's able. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the story. Thank you for the truth found in your word. I ask God that you would speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, that we would truly ask ourselves whether or not we have faith or if we're just tired or exhausted and just not sure anymore. God, I pray that you would reveal that to us. And Lord, if it's a matter of faith, Lord God, would you increase our faith? Lord God, would you reveal yourself to us in, in, in ways, Lord, that we can't ask or imagine? Lord, if it's an issue of sin, where we're not seeing your hand at work because there's sin in our life, God, would you reveal that? Lord, would we as the psalmist cry, search me and know me and see if there be any wicked way in me. Why? So you can lead us in the way of everlasting. So you can reveal it to us, Lord, so we can make it right. God, if you have seen you work, Lord, might we not keep quiet about it? Would other, would to God others would see that you're at work in our lives, Lord, and they'd want what we've got. Lord, help us to learn from the story from the leper.